Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's April 18th, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, pick a side. Whether to include or omit the internal mammary lymph nodes is a question that seems to frequently elude a simple answer. The recent Korean Radiation Oncology Group 0806 trial did not detect a significant difference in disease-free survival at seven years after regional nodal irradiation with or without inclusion of the internal mammary nodes. However, the small differences in outcomes were of a similar magnitude to those of the much larger EORTC 22922 and MA20 trials. Additionally, the Korean Radiation Oncology Group 0806 trial found an improvement in disease-free survival and breast cancer mortality with the addition of internal mammary nodal irradiation in centrally and medially located tumors. 15-year results of the EORTC study showed a continued reduction in breast cancer recurrence and breast cancer mortality, but not overall survival. Another study that has contributed to this conversation is the Danish Internal Mammary Node Study. In this nationwide prospective cohort study, greater than 3,000 women with node-positive breast cancer treated with regional nodal irradiation between 2003 and 2007 received internal mammary nodal coverage if the tumor was on the right, or internal mammary node omission if the tumor was on the left. With long-term follow-up, overall survival at 15 years was significantly higher among those with right-sided tumors who received internal mammary nodal irradiation by nearly 5%, 60 versus 55%. Furthermore, breast cancer mortality was lower, 31.7 versus 33.9%, and the rate of distant recurrence was lower with right-sided IMN coverage. The paper includes a very informative figure comparing Kaplan-Meier estimates of cumulative mortality with or without IMN coverage. While this trial helps confirm a small but detectable difference in breast cancer mortality and even survival with IMN coverage, one may wonder if cardiac events from left-sided IMN coverage could reduce the magnitude of benefits seen here. The bottom line is, including internal mammary nodes for right-sided, node-positive breast cancer reduces distant metastasis and breast cancer mortality and improves overall survival, at least in this study, compared to left-sided disease with no IMN coverage. Thanks to Thorson, JCO, 2022. Up second, Nevo Adjuvant. Does the addition of immunotherapy to neoadjuvant chemotherapy improve response rate for resectable non-small cell lung cancer? A meta-analysis has shown that neoadjuvant systemic therapy improves overall survival by 5% at 5 years in patients with resectable stage 1B to 3A non-small cell lung cancer. Immunotherapy already plays an important role in the treatment of unresectable and metastatic non-small cell lung cancer 
and it has been making its way through early phase trials in the neoadjuvant setting for resectable disease. In Checkmate 816, 352 patients with stage 1b to 3a non-small cell lung cancer were randomized and received three cycles of neoadjuvant platinum doublet chemo with or without nivolumab. Patients were allowed to receive additional adjuvant chemotherapy and or radiation, but no additional immunotherapy. Most patients had stage 3a disease and most had pdl one expression of at least 1%. Slightly more patients in the immunochemotherapy arm went on to have surgery, as was there an improvement in the R0 resection rate, 83 versus 78%. Immunochemotherapy significantly prolonged the primary outcome of event-free survival, taking it from 21 to 32 months. The rate of event-free survival at two years was 64% versus 45%. Subgroups with stage 3A disease versus stage 1 to 2, PDL1 positivity and non-squamous histology appeared to be the subgroups that derived the greatest benefit from the addition of immunotherapy. The addition of immunotherapy also significantly increased the pathologic complete response rate, taking it from 2 to 24%. Patients who had a PATH-CR had better event-free survival than those who didn't, and the latter group who did not have a PATH-CR did not appear to derive an event-free survival benefit from the addition of immunotherapy. The bottom line is, the addition of nivolumab to neoadjuvant platinum doublet chemotherapy improves pathologic complete response rate, taking it from 2 to 24%, and event-free survival taking the median from 21 to 32 months for patients with resectable stage 1b to 3a non-small cell lung cancer and those with stage 3a pdl1 positivity and non-squamous histology may be the ones that benefit the most thanks to ford new england journal of medicine 2022 up next no substitute for time Is anything more dreaded on an oral exam than contouring an advanced nasopharyngeal case? In practice, as this manuscript puts it, the current manual gross tumor volume delineation is time-consuming, laborious, and error-prone. So this Chinese group set out to create a workable auto-contouring platform for, you got it, nasopharyngeal target volumes. Pre-treatment MRIs from 258 patients were used as a training cohort to create the model, a validation cohort to optimize the model, and finally a testing cohort to assess performance. To test the performance, nine multi-center experts with over 10 years experience treating nasopharyngeal cancer were asked to edit the auto-generated contours to their liking, and their overlap was a low degree of deviation per the dice similarity coefficient, which is a way to quantify volume overlap. So now that we know that the auto contours are good, how much can they help regular radonks? Well, six quote-unquote junior radonks were asked to contour with and without the help of auto contours, and their volumes were compared 
to predetermined quote-unquote true volumes. With the help of autocontours, the mean degree of revisions was reduced from 26 to 8% for gross primary tumor and from 21 to 14% for gross nodes. The bottom line is, autocontouring nasopharyngeal cancer radiation volumes can improve accuracy of target delineation for more novice physicians and reduce time burden for all physicians. Thanks to Lau, Red Journal, 2022. Up next, a pat on the brain. High radiation doses to the lower, pretty important parts of the brain during some definitive head and neck cases can be difficult to avoid. How do we manage resulting radiation injury? Well, you're never wrong to say steroids, and alternatively, the VEGF inhibitor bevacizumab can be helpful. The downside is both of these regimens carry undesirable side effect profiles and or treatment burdens especially when committing to several months of therapy. Enter a patinib, the more targeted inhibitor of VEGFR2, the main VEGF receptor on endothelial cells. This Chinese single-arm phase 2 trial enrolled 36 patients with radiation-induced brain injury, 31 of which were deemed necrosis, over 12 months after head and neck radiation. All patients received a patinib, 250 milligrams orally, once daily for four weeks. The primary outcome of at least a 25% reduction in edema per T2 flare imaging at four weeks was achieved by 22 out of 36 patients, which was 61%, and 55% of responders had continued control at six months. Additionally, half of patients had improved neurologic functioning at week four. In other words, a patinib demonstrated efficacy and safety comparable to that reported for its older cousin bevacizumab, but packaged in an easy once-daily pill as opposed to cumbersome infusions. The bottom line is the novel VEGFR2 inhibitor, a patinib, is a promising oral alternative to intravenous bevacizumab for the treatment of radiation-induced brain injury. Thanks to he, Red Journal, 2022. Finally, thinning out incidents. There are no official recommendations for melanoma screening among the general population, as no strategy has proven worthwhile. UPMC initiated a 2014 screening program where PCPs offered annual skin exams at otherwise scheduled visits for patients 35 years and older. Five years in, screened patients were more than twice as likely to be diagnosed with in-situ melanoma and nearly twice as likely to be diagnosed with thin invasive melanoma. On the other hand, detection of melanomas thicker than 4 millimeters was virtually identical. In other words, this type of screening does not appear to directly detect more life-threatening melanomas, but only time will tell if treatment of more indolent pigmented lesions will translate to better overall melanoma morbidity and mortality rates by potentially avoiding 
progression of treated lesions. Thanks to Matsumoto, JAMA Dermatology, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.